This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hi, I'm Harut Markarian, and this is Mobility and Inclusion, the show where we share the powerful stories of people with disabilities and daring entrepreneurs making waves in our world. From technological innovations to best practices in business, we'll learn what it really means to live in an inclusive and universally designed environment. Welcome to a new episode of Mobility and Inclusion. I am your host, Harut Markarian, and my guest today is the chairman and co-founder of Pieces of Me Foundation, Daniel Hodges. Daniel, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It's good to be here with you. It's good to have you here with us. And uh, today we're going to talk about a lot of fun things that we've been talking about for the past, I don't know, two, three months that we've known each other, right? And um, first... Let me just say that Daniel has a, a visual challenge. Is is that is it correct how I'm describing that? Yeah, I mean, you could use that word. I use the word blind a lot because it kind of just gets things out in the open, but okay. whatever. Okay, so uh, let, me, let me ask you, how do you want people to um, address you uh, or, or, or help you? Because I know that's, there's a, a lot of gray area there and uh, a lot of people don't know how to act or behave uh, with someone with, with, a, with a different kinds of challenge? What do you think is the best way to approach someone with a, with a disability? So let me give a little bit of background first, and then we can kind of go into that question. So along with being blind, I also have a connective tissue disorder. So, you know, today I've got a brace on my right wrist because it has a fairly decent injury to it. And I've got a couple of other places that are not cooperating today and i had to point that out because how you look at someone who is blind versus someone who has other challenges or other circumstances may really alter the equation but i think when it gets right down to it communication is the key Mm -hmm. you know asking what can i do to help or would this be helpful? Things like that. Because not only does it vary from person to person, it varies, at least with myself, it varies from day to day or sometimes hour by hour. Yeah. You know, I've gone through airports where I've needed a wheelchair because my leg was having a fit. I've gone through airports where I'm just like, you know what? Point me in the right direction. I don't even need an assistant. I've had circumstances in between so it it really just comes down to communication so uh, it's just a matter of asking versus uh assuming before before doing something right Uh, absolutely Uh, all right so uh 
talk to me about the pieces of me foundation what what's your what's your role there and what where in the process are you with this organization so my cousin and i started putting pieces of me together in june of 2019 i was in the summer after my first year of law school and we just had noticed among our our own circumstances and with many people that we care about how many people with disabilities or chronic illnesses were still falling through the cracks or being underserved despite all of the other work that was happening and i said you know christy i think we could do something about this i've had these ideas in my mind for a while and they're starting to crystallize what do you think and so we over the last two and a half years we put a board together we've gotten our 501c3 gotten incorporated all of that good stuff and really started to assemble a team that i'm really proud to work alongside and feel like we are really starting to make some impact by getting information out there and by helping people understand how much potential we can unleash by creating a real sense of equity and let's talk about the word equity it's it's amazing you mentioned that so the, the show obviously is called mobility and inclusion and usually when i talk about inclusion because in my opinion the word inclusion has been given a lot of unnecessary definitions and this is my personal opinion of course uh, people can disagree uh, but um when I talk about inclusion, I talk about people with disabilities. I talk about employment for people with disabilities. I talk about, uh, you know, including the community of people with disabilities in our day-to-day -day activities, which, as you know, uh, they're left behind for yeah. some reason. And you brought up equity, and I'm, I'm associating the word inclusion with equity at this point right now because I think I think it's it's important to do that, right? Yes. So can you please talk a little bit about inclusion and equity and how you see that unveiling? Absolutely. So equity really comes down to seeing the whole person and seeing that potential and saying, I'm not going to lower the standards for someone to be included on things that are meaningful, but I am going to strip away some of this extra fluff that provides access barriers or inclusion barriers. For instance, I use the example of, I had to get through law school. I had to be able to read, process, analyze, and then utilize information from cases, from the law, et cetera. Now, I still had to do all of those things, but I did it differently. Mm -hmm. So I didn't use a print book. I used any textbook. And there were some other, you know, mild alterations to the program that allowed me to do what I do. But at the end of the day, my work had to be on par with my peers. And that's fair and that's right. It should be on par, on, on par with our peers, but it should be done with the understanding that most of the things we think of as essential are really just things that we're used to having be done in a certain way. We've gotten into that routine. And by breaking free of that and looking at universal design, we really start to bring more people to the table in an authentic way. Yeah, absolutely. I think you brought up a lot of good points here. So you <clears throat> talked about universal design. I'm going to ask you about the, um, you know, the tools that you used 
that you said you know you you studied and were uh wanted to hold yourself accountable to all your studies the same way the the other your your classmates were accountable for their studies right but yeah. you did it differently so i want to ask you about the tools that you used and um i just want to wrap the inclusion and equity part uh here and with with by saying that um in my book mobility and inclusion i there's a chapter that uh, on inclusion uh, where i talk about you know like you said look at the person you know and look at the task you know and ask the person whether that task can be performed with the current situation and if not don't ask the person to change see what you can do in the current environment what you can change in the current environment that can fit that person to be successful in the task that is needed to be performed you agree with that absolutely and i'll even say that it's not just for our benefit we've talked before mm -hmm. off camera about how universal design is the catalyst that helps bring forth innovations that benefit everyone mm -hmm. it's getting us out of that rut yeah. in getting back to that creative phase yeah yeah absolutely uh, and the universal design uh for for those who don't know what universal design is in a very simplistic way of explanation it's just a matter of putting everybody on the same on a, on a level playing field right so designing our environment our products our services to the benefit of everyone regardless of their ability or, or disability and there's always things we can do very simple things that we can do that can make a big difference in everybody everyone's life now um let's talk about the tools that you used a little bit um now you said you used many tools uh like the textbook or uh, you didn't use the conventional textbook uh you used an ebook i believe you said right yeah so the ipad and most technology now comes with inborn speech to text software we've made a lot of progress there so we would a lot of times convert the textbook into a screen reader friendly pdf mm -hmm. or things like that or mm -hmm. you know if the kindle version was available we'd use that I also, because of my ADD, used a note taker so that I would be able to really concentrate on what the professor was saying and being involved as opposed to trying to multitask because I just can't do it. Mm -hmm. And then the last part was the fall of 2019 is an example where my wrist really started to flare up. It was bad enough to where I was having trouble moving my right hand at all there was a cyst in there and it didn't even respond all that well to steroids etc etc mm -hmm. well this is right before finals and <laughs> you have law school finals are the kind where you're gonna be expected to write a couple of thousand words per prompt basically or at least per exam mm -hmm. to really get your points across and so throughout that semester, as my wrist was getting worse, I finally sat down and typed out an email to my professors and to the student services offices, look, it is literally hurting so bad that I want to cry sometimes trying to type this out. I understand I have to be able to convey information in a meaningful way to prove that I've understood the material. Mm -hmm. And... 
I understand I have to do it in a time similar to my peers as far as keeping up with the classes and stuff. So I'm coming to the table and making you aware of my circumstances so that we can figure this out. And the outpouring of support I got back from my professors was amazing. That's awesome. Yeah, I had one professor who just responded back almost immediately saying, look, I, I've had you in multiple classes before. I know you're getting the material. I know you'll be fine. Keep it up. You'll be okay. And, you know, we'll just take this one step at a time. Mm -hmm. And that was really helpful, but it's also a matter of learning how to do that because it takes a fair amount of not just humility, but understanding understanding just to get to that point because it's hard to go to someone and say look i can't do these simple things and my circumstances are rapidly changing mm -hmm. and so i'm going to actually tie that back to your first question of what can we do and understanding that these circumstances do change and that there's a psychological process that we go through in order to adapt to our changing circumstances, putting that into your empathy equation really is quite helpful. And it's such a simple thing that can have profound ramifications. Yeah, absolutely. So um, now that you're talking, I'm thinking about, uh, you know, things that people can do and various things that people, and we talked about universal design understanding is part of universal design right yeah it's like it's in our design in the human design and how to understand each other how to understand the other word you used is is humility right uh, i think those are very important things that as we are dealing with people with different abilities we have to understand their situation and we have to provide as i said earlier different ways of getting the job done or getting the task done and once that's done, now we're helping everyone, you know? You know, the funny thing about that, too, is it feeds off of what we've already been doing societally with regard to other cultures or other circumstances, ethnicities or orientations or whatever the case may be. And somehow disability was left out of that conversation in a large part. And now... Mm -hmm. You know, what we're really trying to do is flip that back around and say, no, not only should we be part of that overall discussion, but we can actually use that progress as a model to benefit all minority groups or everyone who doesn't feel like they don't have a sufficient place at the table in the status quo. Yeah, yeah. And and the fact here uh, that the disability is the largest minority group in the world. So... I don't know how, but we've somehow found a way, society have found a way to keep this community behind for so long. And I also know that you're a strong advocate for people with disabilities. Um, so, and you know that I'm, I have a, I have, I've started a startup, a robotic startup to assist people with disabilities in performing their activity of daily living with these robotic platforms. And tell me why, when we first interacted together, why did you decide working with me? Or what did you see in my offering that was appealing to you? My initial impression 
from our first conversation and at every stage since has always been you do what is almost impossible in that you find that balance between you're offering a tool that can enhance well-being, enhance productivity, enhance a, a host of other things, but you're not offering a fix. And I think there's been a lot of resistance within the broader disability movement for quite some time, and understandably so, when it comes to outsiders or people who are perceived as being outside of our minority offering different tools or other kind of products, because oftentimes it's it's given as something that is with little meaningful input from our community. Mm -hmm. And it's presented as a fix. It's, it has a way, it has a back channel way of almost bringing up the eugenics history and all of these other things yeah, where yeah. it's like, okay, if we can't stuff you in a closet, we're at least going to try to make you normal. And I, I haven't picked up on a hint of that from you. I've gotten, the impression of this is more like a phone or a tablet or uh, something else that you can choose to use. You can choose to have your email at your fingertips 24 seven, or you can choose not to. Yeah. And, and this is in that same vein. Exactly. And that's, this is really how uh, this product was born. Really what we're seeing next to us right now. Uh, by the way, I named the robot grace. Have I told you that you did? Yeah. So uh, Grace is also my uh, newest uh, daughter's name. So, but but I, I didn't name it after my daughter. I named it because Grace, the word Grace, has everything positive associated with it. So I thought it would be a great name for a robot because a robot, like a robot, is so, you know, not very I don't know appealing to me when I when I. <laughs> keep referring to this thing like a robot, right? At the end of the day, this is assisting me in, in, in doing something in accomplishing a certain task. And when I first started the company, by the way, I had the vision to start a company to help people with disabilities since 2014, right? At the time I was doing, going through my master's program with robotics and I was working on this brain computer interface for a wheelchair for people with extreme paralysis right and um you know we were testing the wheelchair out so it's like uh, you wear a helmet and you think thoughts and those thoughts let you move the wheelchair or propel the wheelchair forward backwards right turn left turn right so you're actually maneuvering this uh, wheelchair with your thoughts and that was so cool to me you know and then I sat on it to test this robot and while I was testing it I was having a hard time commanding the chair with my thoughts <laughs> but then the actual person who was using the wheelchair came and sat on it and he was commanding the wheelchair with his thoughts as if I was driving a car it was like second nature to him and this is where how we how we differ you know that person is used to thinking in ways, in, in different ways than I am, right? And that's why I wasn't successful in propelling the wheelchair, but he was, right? 
and when I saw that, and then when I saw like this, this, the, the, the happiness in his eyes, it was at that moment, I said, okay, I'm going to start a company working on robotics, which is cool stuff. Right. And then I'm going to use those cool stuff to make an impact in people's lives. And basically that's when the first time I had the idea of starting a robotics company. And, um, uh, I don't know how many years later, five, six years later, here we are right now. And to your earlier point, when I first started the company, where I, when I incorporated the company, I didn't know what product to go to market with. So I started going to these shows and trade shows and talking to people, right? It's like, what do you need? You know, because the last thing I want to do, like you said, <laughs> I want to come up with something that people are going to either reject the idea, say how stupid it is, or reject me for... Uh, potentially providing a quote-unquote fix, yeah. right? So I didn't want that. And luckily for me, I had good mentors. And then now you're a mentor of mine, in this space at least, right? In the in the community of people with disabilities. And I appreciate you very much. Um, now, you know, now you know what the product is. How do you think this product... Who do you think this product can help, first of all? You know, I was thinking yesterday on my way to the airport to come down here, how we really need to define what a mobility challenge is. You know, we originally talked about this being available for someone with a mobility challenge, and that automatically conjures up this idea of someone who's maybe a chair user or, mm -hmm. you know, has arthritis or whatever, but... Yeah. There's so much more beyond that. People recovering from surgery, people who have vestibular or proprioceptive problems, people who have syncopal episodes and can't bend over and pick something up without risking a dangerous fall. And the list just goes on and on, mm -hmm. and it, it becomes this market of millions of people that we could serve. Yeah. It's, not, it's not a total addressable market in a sales Mm -hmm. since it's a total population of people that we have an opportunity to serve and bring something that will be beneficial to them. Yeah, absolutely. And so when I was, as you know, I'm looking for investors. And when I was working through the data of who this product can serve, CDC lists that about 61 million people in the United States have some type of disability. Oh. Of those, 14.7 uh, million have uh, mobility challenges, have self-care difficulties, and, you know, performing activity of daily living is, is challenging for them, right? Yeah. So 14.7 million people. And then I spoke to you and to other people. So these are data I, I found online, right? But when I started looking, when I started talking to people such as yourself, it's like there's this whole other side of the um you know the disability world that you're not really aware of or the data doesn't show it but it's yeah. there right and it's very hard for me when i'm because well a i'm not in the in, in your shoes right i'm not aware like you said bunch of words right now of 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 disabilities or 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 or, or of challenges that people face that i'm i don't even know what they mean right but um the challenge that i'm having it's like, how do I communicate that most efficiently with the investor that is going to see that how many people this is going to help, right? 
and you you have become my mentor in that world. Well, thank you, and it's been such a pleasure, and I'm looking forward to what we're going to do. And you know, the thought that comes to mind is the CDC data, and looking at it from that perspective, almost creates a scarcity mentality in a sense. Mm-hmm. Who are the people who are so impacted that they have to have this divide? Well, wait a minute. That's the whole front of this conversation has been getting away from that. And mm-hmm. so if we flip that on its head, how many people from would, would benefit from having this? Maybe it just decreases their workload enough that it just becomes a blessing for them to have this at their disposal. That is a much, much broader audience. Yeah. And, you know, I think about things like the, ramifications of COVID-19 where one of the after effects has been dysautonomia or deregulation of the autonomic nervous system. Mm -hmm. Those people like myself are, we can bend down and we can pick stuff up, but at what risk Yeah, and at what toll? And so again, it just comes back to reframing this question away from who absolutely needs this to how many people can we really share this with who are going to benefit from it just because it makes their life a little easier. Yeah. And that is a wide, wide market. Absolutely. It is. Uh, and, uh, so what we're doing right now is we're putting the pitch, uh, in front of people out there in front of investors. So we, you know, they can see the benefit of this and the impact that this robot can make uh in the lives of many right uh you also talked about uh marion uh marion uh has what does she have again she you told me something about when she bends down she can't come back up yeah so she has a condition called postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome or pots Mm -hmm. not to be confused with the slang for a drug (laughs) 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 that that has happened before Uh, (laughs) and it is again it's it's a deregulation of the autonomic nervous system. So without getting too into the weeds, it's that part of the nervous system that controls the body's fight or flight mechanisms. She, like many of us with different kinds of autonomic issues, have has a difficulty regulating sodium and, and such. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that came to mind as we were looking at this and as she was talking about it with me or whatever it was, you know, again, she's got orders from neurologists of don't bend down and pick stuff up unless you have to have a kid do it, have a robot do it, whatever. But yeah. you know, <laughs> she's capable of it. Yeah. Yeah. But that one in a thousand time when she goes to do it and she gets so lightheaded that she collapses why not avoid that if you can? Absolutely. <laughs> because the ramifications then from a yeah. fall or, or from any other situation are, are excessive, right? Are, Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, okay. How do you... Now, let's uh, wrap this topic up. And I want to go back to your foundation, Pieces of Me Foundation. Sure. Um, how can people support you in that foundation? You know, the biggest thing we're looking for right now, other you know, of course, we're a nonprofit. We need money. Yeah. But beyond that, 
what I'm really wanting to do is build a community of people with all kinds of different characteristics and circumstances. Whether or not you consider yourself to have a disability or to be an ally or whatever the case may be, the ethos of our organization is everyone has something to give and everyone has something to learn. Those two things are, I think, about as close to universally true as you're going to get in this world. Yeah. And by harnessing the power of that community, you can provide real-world support, friendship, connection to people in a way that we are lifting one another up. And ultimately, we are able to create a database of information that will outpace anything that is currently out there as far as understanding of resources, understanding of what lives are like and how we can band together to improve our collective circumstances. It's all about that community, that collective wisdom, and raising that level of consciousness so that we can just continue to advance ourselves and advance all of society in incremental steps that are really meaningful. That's awesome. And how can people get in touch with you? So we'll put the information for the website and social media in the show notes. I will say also that our URL is piecesofme.org, and that is P-E-A-C-E-S of me.org. We deliberately spelled it that way because we are not missing a piece as far as being broken. We are missing the piece, P-E-A-C-E, of the strength that comes from banding together and lifting one another up, regardless of where we're at, so that we can all get to where we want to go. Absolutely, absolutely. That's, that's wonderfully put. I think you even... Uh, did the closing for me <laughs> no but with that i want to wrap the uh, wrap the first episode of 2022 up and i all i want to say is an accessible world is, in, is an inclusive world let's make life accessible for all daniel thank you very much thank you This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.